Folks, it gives me a lot of pleasure today to invite to our pulpit one of our favourite preaching ladies, Helen Rogers. Make her welcome. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we pray as Helen brings a message today, Lord, that you'll open our ears and our eyes to your word. Lord, bring the revelation of your word fresh to our hearts, Lord, today, so that we can, you know, do some... Um, do some damage, Lord, in the kingdom of this world and uh, allow the kingdom of God to be even populated, Lord, through our work of evangelism and the work of the ministry. We pray, Lord, your blessing upon Helen as she brings a word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much, Pastor, for the wonderful welcome. And thank you, everyone, for being here. And even our online church, I can assure you, God is good, and we are going to be blessed all together. Who likes to be sick? Wow. <laughs> I can tell you number one person who has shown that he doesn't like to be sick. Gerard, he just nobody. Nobody wants to be sick and likes to be sick. Have you ever been sick, gone to the hospital, get treated, given medication, come home, take the medication, still unwell, and then you go back to the hospital? Or when you get the medication and you come home, you always get well. Have you ever had that experience of being unwell? You go to the hospital, you get medication, but still you're not feeling well. And then you must go back again to the hospital. Any person who has has had that experience? With me, I've had it. I had a very bad stomach pain, went to the hospital, I was given painkillers, came home, took everything, still unwell, I went back to the hospital, I was given more antibiotics, came home, I wasn't well, I went back to the hospital, only after two scans to realize that I had appendicitis. So I needed a special treatment. Today, I want us to uh, learn something. And my heading is walking trees. Have you ever seen a a tree walking? Nobody has ever seen a tree walking. I've seen them crying. In a dream? There you go. Peter will always be funny to me. (laughs) Okay, let's read from the book of Mark, chapter number 8, verse 22 to 26. And I want to request Peter Lawrence to come and read that passage for me. He knows better English because he stays with the teacher around. Mark, chapter number 8, verse 22 to 26. Six. 
Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. Jesus heals a blind man at Bethesda. They came to Bethesda where some people brought a blind man to Jesus and begged him to touch him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the village. After spitting on the man's eyes, Jesus placed his hands on them and asked him, Can you see anything? The man looked up and said, Yes, I can see people walking around, but they look like trees walking around. Jesus again placed his hand on the man's eyes. This time the man looked into the, intently. His eyesight returned and he saw everything clearly. Jesus then sent him home with the order, don't go back into the village. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pete. That's awesome. The healing of the blind man near Bethsaida is the only recorded miracle performed by Jesus where the healing was initially incomplete. When we look into the Bible, all the other miracles that Jesus was performing, they were complete. But this is the only miracle that was incomplete. This man needed a second touch to experience a full restoration of his sight. If you want to go to if you want to get to know more about this information, you can also get to look into the book of Matthew chapter 11 verse 20 to 22. And then you'll learn more about that. The reason as to why this man needed a second touch to me is maybe the affliction that this man had was as a result of where the man had come from. When I talked about going to the hospital, being treated, coming home, then you're not well again and you have to go back again to the hospital. It's because maybe the sickness that you're having has advanced to chronic or maybe you are getting treated something that is not right. The wickedness that dominated in the area appears to be a contributing factor for the miracle that took place to this man's life. Maybe in the village that this man had come from, they had done some things or he, they had some traditions that needed special touch of Jesus Christ. And that's why when Jesus touched him the first time, the man could see, but he couldn't see so well. And when he was asked, can you see, he said, I can see people like trees walking, walking trees. Christians today, we are saved, but we are not delivered. We need a second touch to be delivered. And so I want us to learn five lessons that we get from this 
passage or story. My number one lesson that we learn from this is friends can move us closer to God or further to God, further from God. Who is that person who is your friend? Is that person bringing you more close to God or is that person taking you further from God? God loves us so much. God knows that friendship is very important. And that's why even in the Bible it tells us that two are better than one for they have a good return for their labor. And they help, help one another. Normally this is a verse that is always read during marriage or weddings. But also, in the book of Proverbs, it tells us that. And in Proverbs, it gives us a lot of warnings not to hang out with fools who mock God because they will lead you down a path of destruction. When you check in the book of 1 Corinthians 10, that one, it says, Bad company corrupts good Morals. Friends can be good to you. They can be of most importance into your life. But they can also have a negative influence in your life and especially in your relationship with God. We as Christians we need to be very careful on who to call friends. That person that you call friend, is that person going to make you more close to God or is that person drawing you far from God? We have friends in the church. We have Christians who are still in the church. But are they bringing us more close to God or are they there to judge us and take us far? and push us far from God. We also have such people, even in the Bible, in the Old Testament. An example is the Israelites. They listened to the bad report of the ten spies instead of listening to Joshua and Caleb. Another example, Herod executed John the Baptist, because he was afraid of being considered weak in front of his pagan friends. I am very sure everyone or most of us, we have heard stories of people who have made bad decisions due to that part of bringing negative influence into one's life in the name of a friend. Child of God, I want to ask you, who is your friend? Does your friend move you closer to God? Or does your friend move you further from God? Proverbs declares the positive benefit of a friend, even if we don't like what they say. The wounds of a friend 
are sweeter than the kisses of an enemy. So, be careful. Get to know who your friend is. In this story, the reason as to why I talked about friends is because this blind man could not get himself to where Jesus was. But because he had a true and loving friend, the friends who were with this blind man, they wondered and they wished him well. They struggled all they could to bring this friend, who was a blind man, to Jesus. And why did they do that? Because they wanted this blind man to be healed. Have you had that heart of wishing your friend well to an extent of bringing that friend to Christ? Second lesson. Faith is shared. It is not borrowed. We all have friends. The main reason of having a friend may be because you don't want to be lonely. Not everyone likes to be lonely. We always want to have someone to share. But we also we need to have a friend who is going to inspire us. Don't just look for a friend for the sake of a friend. Friends can never substitute your personal faith in Christ. But you can inspire your friend to have faith in Christ. Now, in our reading today, we see Jesus leads the blind man away from the city and from his friends so that he can experience his personal encounter with the Savior. We have friends who come to church, but they are not saved. They don't come to church because they want to learn more about Christianity. But it is because they love the fellowship. They love being where people are. They want to see how the church portrays the love of Christ. And through that, they can tend to plan and change their lives. But unfortunately, we Christians, we push our friends away from the church. We push our friends away from the Christianity. Why? Because we don't share the faith we have. And why do we not share the faith we have? It's because the faith we have is a borrowed faith. If that faith that you have is yours, then you'll be able to share. But if it is not yours, you'll not be able to share. A very ex good example is, if I have... Okay, let me use an example of this paper. This is now mine, okay? I can read it and I can share it with Gary. I can share it with Jane. I can share it with Sue. I can even share it with Roman. Because it is mine. But if I've been given this by Gerard, then I'll not share it with anybody. Because I know Gerard will need it the way he has given it to me. And so because I want to be very careful with it, I will not share it out. Do you have a faith that you can share or is your faith a borrowed faith? Jesus loves us to share the faith we have to all our friends, both in the church, at home, and in the community. 
Do you share your, your faith with others and bring them to Christ? Or do you judge them and push them away from Christ? Remember, you need to share only what you have in your heart. If you have faith, share faith. The third lesson that we, we learn from this is the master's touch was different. Why did Jesus perform this miracle in a different way? Why did Jesus not touch this person just once and make sure that he's healed? Why did Jesus allow this man to be touched two times? It is because you can never put God into a box. The best way to experience the power and love of God is by experiencing it in a different dimension. Some of us, we experience the power of God through preaching. Others experience the power of God through singing. Others experience the power of God through praying. Others experience the power of God through the love that we as church give out. Do you experience the power of God as a child of God? You cannot limit God on how to change your situation. The much you have received is not yet enough. God wants to touch you again and change your situation. You need a friend who can bring you closer to God. Who can bring you closer to your maker. Who can bring you into that position that you can have a one-on-one -on -one talk to your God. You need a friend who shares God's faith. You need a friend who is ready to experience that second special touch. The fourth lesson that we learn from this is some nerves need more than one hit. There is a power in the second touch. Why did Jesus have to touch the man twice? Maybe the affliction was severe. People become sick and they get treated in hospital, but they still feel unwell. I go back the second time. And this is maybe because the infection has turned to be a chronic infection. And so they need a second and thorough treatment. Not only is it in, not only in this uh, passage do we learn about something being repeatedly done, but there are also other situations that we see things that were repeatedly done. For example, when we read about the story of Elijah, he prayed seven times before the rain came down. 
So he prayed the first time, second, up to seven times. Another example is when Jesus was on the cross, he prayed three times. And that's where he was saying, let this cup pass from me. We all have seen a carpenter. And a carpenter, when he's nailing a nail onto a wood, he doesn't just nail once. He has to nail second and third or more times. The same way Jesus wants to have a second touch with us as, a, as these children. Most Christians, we have had a relationship with God. But there's that one thing that you've always been carrying in your heart. And Jesus wants to have a second touch to you. I don't know what it is. But Jesus wants to have a second touch. He wants you to be delivered. And so he wants to make sure that you come to him and that he is going to touch you and make you whole. Because not unless he touches you again, you are not going to be whole. So he wants you to come again to him and ask that he touches you again. And that's why I kept on saying, he touched me. Something happened and that I know he touched me. The last lesson that I learned from this passage is we need to seek additional blessings. When you read at the passage, you see Jesus asking the, person, the man, what do you see? Why did Jesus ask that question? What do you see? To me, I believe that Jesus knew the answer. He knew what was happening. But he kept asking, what do you see? He did not ask the question for an answer. He didn't want to seek more information from this man. But he wanted to add more blessings into the life of this man. Jesus is God in flesh. He knows all things, even the thoughts of man. So Jesus knew what the man could see. We even have some several questions in the Bible that are asked. Not because God did not know the answer, but it is because God wanted to impart your life, wanted to impart the life of these people. Let's go back to the, book, uh, to the Old Testament. Remember when God was asking Cain, where is your brother? You remember when God was talking to Moses in the burning, in the burning bush and he asked him, what is in your hand? God even asked Elijah, what are you doing? Hiding up, up in the Mount Horeb. In the New Testament, there are some questions that were also being asked. What do people say 
that I am. That's Jesus asking the question. Jesus also asked the question, who is your neighbor? Another question was, what should we feed the multitudes? Remember? Even that question with but Myers was asked. But Myers, what do you want the Son of Man to do for you? It is very clear that Jesus knew what the man could say. But he asked the question, desiring for the man to seek a second blessing, one more touch. Because he could see, but he was seeing people walking like trees. Most people, we are contented with the little blessing that God has given us. We have never prayed like Jabez. The way Jabez prayed to the Lord and kept crying to the Lord, Lord, bless me indeed. Most of us, we are contented with the little that we have. That one touch of salvation, knowing that it will get you to heaven. But you need to continue to live to the fullness of Christ. If Jesus was talking to an Aussie today, now I want everyone to listen, even the boys. I want them to listen. Imagine Jesus is here now. He's talking to an Aussie block. I don't know how the Aussies answer, but I've tried. Don't laugh, but enjoy. Imagine Jesus was asking a nosy. What do you see? This is the reply of a nosy. Mate, oh yeah, a little bit blurry, but yeah, now nah, I think I'll be alright. No worries, mate. I'll give it a go. See how it goes. If not, then um, no. Uh, mm. I get more time. I come and see you again. But yeah, I see how it goes. Australians, they don't go straight to the answer. No, they'll start by saying, "Oh yeah, now." Mm. Today, Jesus is asking us, "What do you see?" Jesus is asking, what do you see? He is still asking the same question. Are things a little bit blurry in your life? Do you need a second fresh touch from the master? Are you tired of seeking, are you tired of seeing the walking trees? Are you ready to seek a personal encounter with Christ? My question to you is, what do you see and what are you going to do about it? God bless you. Think about it. And if you need a second touch, Jesus is ready. Thank you, Pastor. I mean, thank you, Helen. I think it's a very interesting word, folks, and a very poignant 
poignant word for us today. Don't be satisfied with the little that you have and don't be afraid to go to God and ask for a refreshment, for a clarification, for an extended blessing or another blessing or if it's a healing that's incomplete, don't be afraid to ask Jesus for the completeness of what he has for you. I think it's a great message. Thank you, Helen. And we're all touched and blessed by that message. Very, very good. Thank you so much. It's a real revelation to me personally. Um, I pray that it's a revelation to you. And some of the comments we've been getting online is lots a revelation to lots of lots and lots of different people. Very good. We're going to conclude now by singing again, He Touched Me. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast sermon. You can find more great messages like this on the Anchor podcast app and also on the Wattle City Church Facebook page. Thanks so much for listening and God bless you.